If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, Mind Pump listeners. You're going to hear an episode here where uh, me, Adam, and Justin really talk about what it means to be fit. We talk about fundamental human movement. Are you as fit as you think you are? <laughs> we talk about um, you know some of the things you can do Let's to get some of that this. fundamental movement. Um, and of course, at the end, we realize, man, we're giving out all this information and you know people are going to want to work on these things, but where are good resources? And we couldn't think of a better resource than our private forum. We have mm. an amazing private forum. Which is going up this month, by the way. It's going to be going up in price, but uh, it's a one-time fee right now, which will also change at some point. Um, it's going to go up in price the last day for the current rate, which is $67. It's a one-time rate, lifetime. It goes up uh, after Christmas Day. So Christmas Day is the last day for this particular rate. But on that form, we have trainers. There's we have doctors. There's physical therapists. There's and chiropractors. And then there's nurses, all kinds of everything. Bro. And then everyday people. Everything you need. Everyday people like you, people yeah. sharing their own stories, people uh, watching videos of form, helping each other out. Lots of good information. It's a it's transformations it's, out the yin yang. It's by far the most valuable thing that we offer is our private form, and it's it's near and dear to our hearts. That price will be going up after Christmas, but still, right now, sixty seven dollars. Get in the forum. You pay it once. You're in there for life. Check it out. Mindpumpmedia.com. Hey, dude. By the way, the new look that you're doing with the beard and the beanie and the fucking shit. You know the sweater. And you all look that like stuff. Cypress Hill. You look <laughs> in the shit. No, no, no. Here's the thing about Adam. Adam has the ability to look handsome even when he's not handsome, and it's really irritating me. You look. It's like, like when Brad Pitt, you know, he goes on like this weird movie oh, where he gets all scraggly. Yeah, and you all get shit. you get the hippie homeless look. Yeah, it's the homeless look. Still handsome. Yeah. I couldn't do that. <laughs> homeless hippie. Cypress Hill. It's really fucking annoying. The hippie joint. homeless. I don't. You know, it happened to me. Again, it happened to me again last night. And I it gets so. The Women one, screamed at you as you. No, went no, oh, okay. no. So. Uh, <laughs> What I don't like about it is, so I got it. I got uh, I'll, I'll show you guys. I, have, I didn't. Show, I should have showed you because it happened again last night, and I've already shared this once before with you guys. Is when uh, when I go to light a joint that's really small. Did you light your mustache on fire? My, my mustache catches on fire, and it's like <laughs> when your mustache catches on fire, it's the worst smell, and it's right there, it's under your nose, so it all goes all up. day. Oh god, because everyone yeah. knows the smell of burning hair is like one of the worst smells ever. Yeah. It's even more worse Especially when pubes. it's pubes. It's on your mu- well. It's, <laughs> Hold on a yeah. second. <laughs> how, how are you smoking your? Are you, are you guys <laughs> with me? <laughs> Everybody was like laughing for a minute. They go, wait a second. Wait a when, when, when do you ever catch your pubes <laughs> yeah. on What's fire? the logistics of that? Justin's into some weird shit. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing, He's bro? all baby. Get the blowtorch, get the yeah. baby oil, hey, and get a banana. If, We're you're, if, you're, if you're smoking joints- I'm making spells. If like, you're smoking <laughs> joints at night, bro, you're doing it all wrong. Hello. That's for sure. Hey. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Justin said he's making spells. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Gargamel. <laughs> Stir stir the, the broth. Actually, I'm going to go for the... That's after gross. talking to uh, Ben Greenfield, yeah. uh, I, I feel like I'm going to... Um Go for this kind of wiry look now. Like I'm, I'm over the buff, the buff guy. So I'm gonna get into this. You get like, so influenced by all our guests. I am. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be hyper mobile and wiry and uh, hippie looking. Hold on a second. That's my new thing. Are you joking? Or are you serious? I don't know. I'm, I'm flirting with it. Because mm. let me tell you why. Part of me it. flirting with it was like feeling you guys out, and the fact that you complimented me on. It, I'm like, okay, this might. No, I'm no. Not, here, I might be doing something. Can I right. tell you why I think that's a good idea? Slithery. Okay, tell me. I'm tell gonna me. tell you why that's a good idea. Because I'm, I'm still in this fucking. Everybody, including Ben, like refer to me as the bodybuilder guy no that no way? that's not why oh god it's coming from a bad place again adam wow. it's got to come from a good place yeah let me tell you why 
because your best, uh, everybody's best themselves is is working with their natural attributes, and you forced yourself. It's like I have in the past. Okay, you forced yourself to be this big muscular guy, but you're not. You're probably naturally. Oh yeah, very wiry, wiry, very much so. mobile, athletic type of person. Yes, and I think you'd probably be most comfortable in your skin that way. Oh, I think. And you're... the second part here, this is also what's important, <clears throat> is that if you do that, then I move up the rung of who's big in the in the mind pump crew. <laughs> I can't. Hey, you know what I, mean? I didn't say that wiry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, you, you know you're you. I want Justin to get wiry. You're right. No and way. You, I don't think that's possible. I, know. I yeah. You know, uh, I can't shrink these glutes. You're right, and you bring up a really good point because. Um, and I think it's really hard to explain to people uh, when I talk about it, but it just goes to show you, like, how, even someone like Ben, who's been around us enough times and knows who we are, and like, you know, he looks at me and just uh, refers to me as like the bodybuilder guy or the meathead guy, and it's like, wow, you know, I work so hard to get that look, and it's very, and it's so not um, my body type. Is it starting to feel? God, this is great. Is it starting to mm. feel? Like it's not you, like uncomfortable. Well, I've no, I knew it was not me before I went into it. Right, but you said you said no. I'm saying is it starting to feel like it's not you? Oh well, yeah, but it's not starting. It's it was feeling that way long ago because you can just tell when you Beautiful. when you when you start to push the body beyond where it wants to go naturally. Um, it gives you feedback. Absolutely, like I was a very mobile. Um, athletic, any sport, pick it up and do it. And I'm not that guy anymore. Like, I look like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my life, but I'm not. I'm not from a from a physical, like from an mm-hmm. athletic mm-hmm. standpoint, from performance, right? Moving and mobility and yeah. just feeling comfortable. I was so, I used to let my, I used to push my body weight up to 220 routinely 220 i've gotten up to 230 mm. now i'm six foot i'm not a massive like i don't have a huge bone structure if anything i'm, I'm kind of narrow with you my have bone a structure. huge boner i have a huge boner but that's totally different i'm not counting that yeah but you know i push myself to 220 230 uh, routinely because i was trying to be this like big muscular guy and when i started to identify i think what you're going through right now adam i went through a little sooner than you uh, when I started identifying how uncomfortable I was, because I, I wasn't really, uh, what's the word, acknowledging it for a long time, and I started letting my body go to where it wants to and started focusing on other things. And even more recently, I've taken my focus off of just maximal strength. Uh, it's I feel so much more comfortable in my own skin. It's a very, I don't know, I feel like more myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It doesn't mean my fitness went down. I'm just not forcing it to go in this extreme, uh, you know, um, situation. And it's funny because we talk about athletes. You know what that is wisdom. You think so? <clears throat> I think so. Because I'm old. You, you, well, well, you just learn. You learn your the capacity of your body, and like uh, you press it so much, like trying to get to a certain point, and you you figure out like where you feel the best, and where you're most comfortable, and where you're most mobile, where you're where you're the strongest in that mobility, where you know, your body's going to be able to perform on command the easiest. Like, all these different factors come into play, like, over years of figuring that out. And, you know, there there's definitely a way to tap into that early on. You know, it's funny because uh, we talk a lot. Adam brings this up all the time about how athletes, professional athletes, uh, are some of the they're, – they're, they're not the fittest. They're not the healthiest uh, not at people all. at all because they're forcing their bodies to do something at extreme level – 
They're uh, repetitive in their motion. You know, obviously, if you're a, a pitcher, you're repetitively pitching. If you're a swimmer, you're doing the same. Especially if you compete in one stroke, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Well, we we kind of fell on that, right? We fell on that 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 you know, I need to get bigger, build muscle type of thing. And it's and we forced our bodies beyond what uh, is probably ideal. And once you start to identify that. Uh, and move in the direction that works best for you, you start to feel so much more comfortable in the way your body looks and the way your body moves. Um, it's really hard to explain. I think... No, the- I think you explain it very well. Yeah. I think you explain it well. And I think... The, I also think what you're sharing, though, and, and I know you, you're trying to relate you and I together, but this is definitely your journey. Um, you know, you guys have already said before, and you know that, and I'll you know elaborate that... You, I've always been the guy who um, I like to experiment and take things to those extremes intentionally. Like it's not driven through an insecurity. It's not driven through uh, this desire. I got to get this. It's like I, I, I approached bodybuilding knowing it wasn't for me, knowing it wasn't I, knowing that I didn't care about that. I didn't read body like I wasn't like you. I didn't read bodybuilding magazines and idolize, you know, big competitors before. In fact, I used to mock most of that stuff. Um, but I recognized that there was a growing industry right now. Men's physique and women's bikini exploded that industry. I realized that a majority of those people were the ones that were directing the masses in the fitness world and those that were trying to get in shape. And I saw the opportunity and I saw that, okay, I needed to first show that I could do it. And I thought I was a perfect person to do it because it's not, I don't fit that. It's like me saying like, okay, I'm going to become this uh, hockey player. I've never played hockey in my life and watch me work my way all the way to the professional level. That would be very cool to watch happen, especially when you're not, and to show the steps that it takes to show that anybody could do it if you really put your mind to it. That was the whole purpose of the bodybuilding thing. And even with the like mobility right now, like I've become, the, and I'm joking about becoming this wiry hippie guy, but that is how I do things. I like to take the extremes but I also share with people that that's not how they should live, right? And what I mean by that is I like to take like this, okay, now I'm going to become this like super hyper mobile guy and get heavy into that when really it's about having this complete balance. And that's what we all preach and we talk about. But I don't think, I think you you misinterpret me if you think that it's uh, this like awareness thing that I'm having or it's uh, something that I have uh, driven, I've been driven that way for insecurities. Like I'm a very confident guy. I'm not in, I, I have lots of insecurities. I'm aware of them that they've driven me, but when I when I have gone after like my fitness goals or uh, a way of training, I'm I'm fully aware of what I'm doing, and I even know too that like even like when I was chasing you with the the deadlifting and the squatting and like I knew that when I was heading that direction, like this is not how I always want to train. It was I wanted to challenge myself that if I focused 100 percent just on this as a priority, like can I catch Sal in his deadlift? Can I catch? Justin and his squat, knowing that I've never given two shits about that, you know, what I want to experience that. And then I wanted to be able to share and talk about the things that I noticed along the ways. Like, and there was some great benefits and great learning experiences that I had going through that process. But then there were some things that I also noticed that were major drawbacks of training that way. Well, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then. If you were to just objectively stand outside of your body, what do you think would be the best way for you? To train your body according to your genetics, according to how you know what you think is going to benefit you the most in the long term and overall, you know, make you just feel most comfortable being yourself without thinking of experimenting in in, in these different endeavors in, in extreme ways. Well, what it, would that look like? It, it would re- it would require 
um, the, the the me letting go of any sort of real aesthetic goals because be, knowing that I've always been the skinny body type and the the ectomorph look for so long that that's my body type and 100% accepting and being okay with that that I'm not going to have 22 inch arms I'm not going to have 30 inch quads and I'm not going to have 20 inch calves um, but I can build an aesthetic physique that's pleasing to the eye and, and uh, looks uh, fit but not being obsessed with trying to do that or driving to push uh, beyond where my body naturally wants to go, which is what it required me to do to compete on stage. And then also uh, making sure that, you know, mobility is a high priority. So, you know, and, and that's why I think I, I fall in like this maps green and maps black uh, marriage. Like that's really the baby of like how I, how I train. Like motiv- mobility and aesthetic. Yeah, for, it, for longevity reasons, for how I would train forever would really look like that, where it's it's a mixture of taking all of our tools from uh, Maps Green and integrating it with the things I love to do. So, because it, it begs the question when you, when you, you know, talk about that, it begs the question, obviously, if I were to say what's aesthetic um, to a bunch of people, that you would get this kind of general consensus, right? Aesthetics is, you know, for a man, wide shoulders, smaller waist, narrow hips, muscles, you know, here, there. Aesthetics for a woman is this hip to waist ratio. And they kind of write all these different, you know, this, this general consensus down. But I always make the argument that, us, you know, that there is this general kind of, you know, thing that the world can agree on where there's, you know, some kind of aesthetic uh, qualities. But uh, I think on an individual basis, you'll people will look their best if they kind of follow their body. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. rather than taking this general consensus and let's say you're this super ectomorph guy or this endomorph guy with this real overweight big dude and you say to yourself, oh, this is what is this general consensus of aesthetics. I'm going to just hammer myself to, to look this way. And, and in order to look that way, I have to eat like this. I have to work out this way. I would argue that they would probably look better if they kind of followed their body a little bit and worked – you know, and listen to their body a little bit more. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's, you know, that's so debatable because it's, well, it's well, your I'm, opinion on what they look like based off of you. It's well, even like know. when you say, it's even like when you say, uh, you know, if you just chase, you know, healthy, that healthy uh, looks better. But let's, to be honest and to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with, with society, like, uh, that's, un- unfortunately, that's not true. It's not true because most people don't know how to to look at health that way. I don't. I don't they, think they don't. They, they, don't I, they don't understand how to do what you're what you're trying to explain. And I think that well, that's a problem. That's a, there's a big problem. You're right. A lot of people don't. But I my, mean, look at we we idolize models that are most of them are anorexic and have eating disorders. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying like the women want and they and if you ask, probably eighty percent of them would say that is beautiful and I want to look that way. Yeah. So for you to say that chasing health. And if you just focus on that, that you could obtain. So, you're, so here's the thing: you are using uh, when you look at you know people that are portrayed in magazines or entertainment, you do realize that none of those people represent average, not even close. In fact, if you were to take a thousand people, absolutely, that's the problem. Well, no, I, I understand, that's but what problem. I'm saying is uh, identifying that, understanding that. But people need to understand is that them being healthy, they're going to look their best being healthy versus chasing. You know, or trying to look like somebody who was born a mutant. Uh, I mean, if you have you ever met a supermodel in no, person? No, and, and that's and, and that's. I mean, they're the, a mutant. The point they're, that they're, I'm they're trying, the point that I'm trying to crazy, make is, you know, uh, isn't that you're wrong. That it, that's that's not the right way to approach it. My my argument is that people don't know how to do that yet. People don't know how to 
to disseminate from that yet. They don't understand the difference between this mutant looking guy on the muscle fitness magazine or this uh, supermodel who's, you know, throwing up after every meal that this is not healthy. This is not what you mm-hmm. want to look like. And in fact, if you chased what was optimal for you and healthy for you, you would look way better than you ever would be trying to chase that based off of what they're uh, expressing or sharing or showing you on their, their ways of getting there. So I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm disagreeing that I don't think, I don't think people are ready to look or to to get, they're not there yet. Well, society, I mean, mean, it needs a, a a rewiring. Like people, people need to understand that there's other metrics that, uh, or other other like areas that you can focus on that um, will benefit your overall, and then as a byproduct, uh, you know your aesthetics will improve. But really, like I, I feel it's so psychological because for me, it's never like the aesthetic piece to it has been something that I just have a disconnect to that. Like, and I know you guys definitely have brought that up as like insecurities, and these are things that like have been a focus and. I guess I've just been so consumed by uh, trying to perform and trying to be at the the pinnacle of you know what I could do in, in a sport that like that is like I never idolized that I never thought that I mean I I always was impressed by it but at the same time it's just like it it doesn't even cross my mind that like somebody looks at something you know oh well you should shape this up a little bit better you should do this a little bit better I'm like well, you can't fucking move mm-hmm. you know like and, and it, it's 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 I I'm I try to to sort of get in the mindset of that just to 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 be able to voice in on on a lot of these conversations, but it it's really interesting to me because um, it's one of those things that I don't really feel like there's a lot of people that share that because society in general like the the, the main focus of that is the pinnacle of fitness success is six pack, you know, a chiseled body, uh, something that reflects that. Whereas, you know, for me, like I, I just look at that as like, I'm confused. Like I want to know what they they can do. You know, what's funny is that you say that. And then I think that the answer for that is also the thing you hate probably more than any of us, which is CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that for so many years we've been, we, we we have been glorifying these people on magazines and stuff like that. that can't move and are, aren't really in great shape and they can't perform and they just look sexy and they're Photoshopped to death. And then out comes, CrossFit, which is heavily performance, it's all about performance. It's not a, if you just perform yeah. like an animal, you'll or look, die. Yeah, yeah, perform or die. It's right. like the mentality. So it was, and I think that's a lot. I think um, that resonated with a lot of people, and so that's why that that ex- that movement exploded like it I did see that. because. You're right. There, there, there is, and I think a lot of people are getting fed up with that. But I think that then you became this other extreme, I, and I, I really think that Mind Pump is always trying to help people with that balance. You know, let, let's let's even talk about like the the ad, the super athlete, the CrossFit athlete, or the you know basketball player at the professional level, uh, level or a football player. Like people really think these people are. Uh, super healthy and are in super great shape because they can perform right because you have Cause to, that's not even the only indicator no for and there's optimal a, health there's either. a difference for there's a difference between fitness um, and performance mm-hmm. you know I can train explain that well I can train if I'm going to compete in a I don't know a deadlift competition and I want to maximize my performance it's very specific right if it's a very specific metric in that particular situation 
my performance in the deadlift. And so I'm going to do everything I can to get my deadlift to go up. Mm-hmm. Fitness is much more broad. It's much more all-encompassing. And there's lots of factors that go into fitness. Can you move well? Can you perform in different, uh, you know, in different ways? Can you, uh, do you have good sleep? Do you feel like you have good energy? Um, do you have a good relationship to exercise and to nutrition? Is this something that is contributing to other aspects of your life versus taking away from them? Like if I'm constantly just training for this deadlift competition, other aspects of my life will probably suffer, like my endurance maybe, or you know, my, you know, maybe I'm going to overtrain my, or, or you know, get my, my posterior chain too much and cause some imbalances. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely situations where getting stronger, for example, is not going to improve your fitness. You know, where getting stronger might be a bad thing. I mean, if I strengthen a poor recruitment pattern, am I, do I have better fitness? Well, that's why I, I'm so, I'm such the anti running guy <laughs> because, because of this. People don't realize, uh, I mean, and I, I would venture to say that more than 50% of the people, probably much higher than that, uh, that are out there running on a regular basis probably have no business doing that mm-hmm. and that sounds crazy right and someone's like what how could you say that and oh my god that's healthy in a way no dude like most people have these really bad recruitment patterns because of what they do all day long that their little five mile run that they're they're patting themselves on the back for doing like they have no idea the wear and tear they're actually doing well you know what the problem is the problem is that we compare um, doing that to uh, regular modern lifestyle, which is worse, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is nothing, right? Yeah. So then you're like, what? What are you talking about? No, that's like, a great. That's a great point, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's when, when I mean, you it's say, better than than it's, yeah. For a lot of people, sitting on the couch, right? It's better than not doing anything whatsoever. Exactly. So we have such a whole, we have top such of a, the shit pile again. We have such a low bar mm. that you know, hey, you know, you you have a desk job all day long. Why don't you go do this, you know, repetitive motion over and over again, which is you know, cementing poor recruitment patterns. Because that's better than what you're you're currently doing, and it's unfortunate that that's the bar that that we use. I think uh, people need to identify, you know, just movement. I mean, there's yeah. so many things, well, so many ways you can improve your fitness, uh, and they don't have to be these specific like running all the time or just go and lift, you know, all the time. Like, there's so many different things you can do uh, to improve your overall fitness, and it really it's this all encompassing thing, right? Everything from you know, uh, you know, movement, you know, well, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get kind of outside of my character with this one just a little bit because whoa, <laughs> what? Yeah. what's outside of his character? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually give CrossFit a little bit of praise here and whoa, yeah. What the hell's going on? Well, yeah, what is know, the, Are you the sick? Universe Doug, could you exploded. check his temperature real quick, please? <laughs> yeah, because I feel like we're, I feel like throughout this entire process of trying to define that, um, like that's one version that's been created to try to address these issues. And I feel like, um, maybe there was some intention there that was, you know, sparked by, um, good ideas. Like I, I want to be able to create benchmarks for different movement patterns and I want to be able to assess, uh, my capabilities as a human being and what I'm, my abilities are and how to express that. Um, but then it just got out of hand and it got crazy as far as what they were actually focusing on. So then, I mean, what sparked is listening to Kelly Starrett kind of talk about this, how uh, the focus of like a pull-up became different and 
you know, the, the speed at which they were performing these types of movements became different. And then the combination of how they used this movement, uh, you know, paired with this movement, it diminished the quality of what they were doing. And, you know, I, I feel like we are, we are all trying still to seek out uh, how to define a, a human being's fitness level and capacity. And I feel like uh, we're, we're getting closer the smarter we get um, in combination with a lot of theories out there. And, uh, you know, and this is really what I feel, Mind Pump, is defining that and filtering um, good ideas well, at least with, we're trying. With, with where they failed, too. Yeah. And, you I mean, know, so, so I, I feel like sports, well, that, that's not the, the ultimate pinnacle. I thought as a kid, you know, that's not what a, what a, what a fit human being, uh, you know, like I wouldn't define it that that's way. A, that's a high performing that's human high being in a very specific in a, in a skill. In a very specific, well, that's exactly. How, this is how I think uh, someone like Kelly Start, who I have so much respect for, um, could attach himself to CrossFit. Is I think he, he saw the good in it. <clears throat> I think he could see, like, hey, you know, we are, we're starting to teach these humans to do some basic movements that we know, and we know as trainers, like, like, and I know it's silly because you, if you drive by any CrossFit in your area, you, you're bound to see uh, all of a sudden a bunch of knuckleheads running outside with weights over their head as they run circles, right? They, they run around with plates over their head. But there's something really good about that, you know, because that's a movement that we lose. Like, people stop... Uh, stop doing that they stop moving the shoulder in that position and it's a very basic uh, thing that you should be able to do you should be able to take your shoulders all the way back behind your ears and hold your arms up in a locked position to where you could suspend weight over your head for a a good amount of time without fatiguing Mm. so you know they they took and then like a pistol squat the ability to come all the way down on on a single leg to, to have that hip and ankle mobility is a great thing and you should be able to do that and I, I remember just recently this only happened like maybe six seven months ago whenever it was right before i really got crazy into the mobility this was the red flag like I, katrina and i were talking and you know we're in my we're in our room and we some, somehow it came up about a pistol squat she had seen somebody do oh i think it was justin did the jumping on the two by four into the single leg uh, pistol right and I was telling her like, oh yeah, I you know we used to do all that stuff all the time and balance on a stability ball or a medicine ball and do it. And I was telling, and then I like jumped up real quick to show off yeah. <laughs> and show, and I like I couldn't do it. Like I could, not only could I not do it, but like I didn't even really attempt it because just starting to decelerate into the the pistol squat, I could feel how uncomfortable it was for me and how how foreign it felt for something that I was so good at doing that I used to mess around with the how unstable I was while I did this movement and I went holy shit like yeah. it wasn't that was lo- it that you're unconnected to that or was it that you had built a significant amount of more muscle that was you know probably unconne- you? unconnected he was yeah. strong it's not like you weren't strong yeah yeah oh the yeah. strength is I there. was stronger I'm, I'm squatting more weight than I squatted right. you know four years ago for sure but four years ago I could stand on a stability ball balance on it and do a single leg pistol yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so connected to it, I right? couldn't do a pistol standing on flat ground that's not moving <laughs> anymore much less holding on to something or on an unstable environment Environment. So it was, and I, I just hadn't done it. I hadn't done it and I had, I had lost that connectivity and it was like, wow, you know, here I am a trainer here. I am doing great movements here. I'm getting stronger. I look better, all these things, but because I've neglected that, look what it's done. And so that was like a big, a big moment for me 
where I realized that God, even a trainer like me, and even somebody who aesthetically could look, uh, uh, you know, look really fit, um, how deceiving that can be, and how important it is that we we continue to do these these basic movements uh, that improve well, shoulder and hip and ankle. Well, you do realize function. this is why the whole muscle bound, um, you know, uh, myth came came about. You know, muscle bound is a term. That's been used to de- to you know de- de- describe bodybuilders, right? People who lift weights, they say that they're muscle bound. They have they can't move. They look so stiff. Mm. And you know, there's some truth in that. I mean, when you if you see bodybuilders moving in the gym, they do look stiff. They do move kind of weird. You know, they look like they're muscle bound. That's it's actually a, a pretty a pretty good accurate way to describe how some of them look. But it's not because they're they're not strong. I mean, obviously, they very just very strong. Haven't been doing full range of motion reps. Well, I'm what sure. they've done is they've trained their body to move that way. They've trained yeah. particular ranges of motion so frequently and over and over again that their body's gotten really good at moving that way. Yeah, and it's lost the ability to move in other ways. And it's a, it, here's the thing: like I want people to, I, I want to be able to give people just some general ideas of some of the stuff that they should be able to do. I mean, we're not going to, you know, nothing crazy. Like you don't need to be swinging from trees and doing crazy stuff. That'd be great. But there are some basic, uh, you know, foundational or, or movements that you should be able to do as a human being. And when you start to lose these abilities, you lose lots of, uh, of, of function and you should be able to test these things. You should be able to test yourself yeah. and see if you could do these. And if you can't, uh, try and be able to do these. One of them is a squat. One of them is just a basic, well, I'm can gonna, you sit in a squat? I'm going to take you further than that then, if you're going to say that. I think that a very basic thing that you should be able to do is you should be able to sit down like a baby does. You should be able to sit down all the way down and and hold yourself in that. Sit in a squat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sit where you're literally you're you, comfortable in it. You know what sucks? By the way, you know what sucks about that? I can't. I know that's why I, I said I it. Can't because do it. I wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make sure I pointed that out because I don't want. I don't want people to think that just being able to squat is enough. No, it's not because squatting down to ninety degrees or a chair is not. No. Full no, range. No, I was of, actually referring to what you're saying. Yeah, like you need to be. You should be able to, and you should be comfortable with that. Like, and mm. it, I'll tell you right now, it's if you can't. And it seems so far away right now. It's not because it was very far away for me less than a year ago. And now I can sit in that position uh, for an hour. No problem. So completely comfortable. It's a very comfortable position, but it was very uncomfortable for me just six months ago. Mm-hmm. So it has taken a lot of work with ankle mobility and hip mobility to get to that point. But once you're there, now it's really cool because now I've just made it a routine and a habit to just sit down in that position. Well, isn't that interesting that most people would identify the fact that, oh, well, I just can't do that. It's not in my body's ability. Yeah. Whereas they've never even put the effort or practice into that movement to produce it. So they, they can't even really well, this, definitively you know, say that it's not within their ability. You know what's funny is that... If, if if let's just say most uh, people can't define their goals. Well, well I was just going to say let's just say for whatever reason a long time ago we invented uh, these like machines that made us hover and fly around. Okay, and so like everything you do, you hover and fly around since you're a child. Super convenient. You get lots of shit done. Humans would lose their ability to walk. Right, <laughs> walking we know is a fundamental human movement. We should everybody's everybody for the most part the vast majority of us should be able to walk. But if you didn't walk, if you never walk, you'll lose it. You won't be able to walk. And so then it's gone. Squatting is a fundamental – sitting on your haunches like that at, at, on, the, you know, on the floor, like Adam was saying, is a fundamental human movement. Uh, that's how humans pooped. 
That's how humans gave birth. That's how we did shit on the floor. Humans didn't just bend over with their low back on fire while they were doing some stuff for low. They just sat it, like that. Isn't it funny when we think about it too that we, we think societies that actually that shit like that are so like third world when in reality that's, that's the most natural way to it shit. It is the most They na- invented and, and the squatty potty. Just don't do it in the shower. It's the healthiest way. <laughs> yes. God, that's gross. It's the healthiest way for us to poop. People don't realize that. Like how and, and the fact that we've built these beautiful toilets now, these porcelain toilets that are elevated, you know, two and a half, three feet plus off the ground. And it's just, all it's done is created. Here we go, the mobility toilet. We'll bring it down like five inches. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's got like a little uh, hydraulic system on it. So you can just keep working on, <laughs> yeah, your, just, on your depth. Incrementally. Now that's actually kind of cool because yeah. we couldn't go straight all the way to the ground. No, you because, can't go right all because the way. Because people yeah. are like, well, this is lame. I can't. I it's can't a hole on the, yeah, on the, on yeah, the floor. Yeah, so that wouldn't work. But, yeah. you know, absolutely uh, something that was adjustable would be uh, phenomenal. But that, that's kind of how, how you work towards that. So I remember. When I first started really trying to, uh, that was the goal, right? So let me back up a little bit. Um, Ooh, I like that. The goal was the mobility able to poop like toilet. That. No, I'm, I'm yeah, I do. I do like that. I do like that. Do you stand on the toilet now and poop? Yeah. So Kelly Start said something Weird. that I thought was uh, really, really, really intelligent. <laughs> that like a bird. When somebody, when you ask somebody like, "What's your goal?" and they'll say something that's really surface level, and they don't truly understand their own goal. Like, for example, like, you know, to, to look a certain way or lose a certain amount of pounds or what like that, like, well, what does that exactly equate to? And what does that exactly mean? And learning how to define that. And, you know, if you were to ask me, you know, just recently what my goal was, it was to to get to a point where, you know, I could sit in that squatted position and be comfortable there. And then from there. I had to back up and say, okay, well, now how do I get there and what does it take? And I think this goes along the lines of some of the things that we've been kind of recently talking about on MindPub is teaching people how to uh, to learn how to focus on other goals and what everybody else is, all the sexy goals, like PRs and looking like you're stage ready. Like those two goals, as cool as they all are and as cool as I, and I love to chase them too, they're not the end all be all at all. And it's it's okay to shift away from that and to find uh, and and have another goal of just and I think everybody at one point in their life, if not all the time, and and everybody should have a goal to move better and to be able to do the things that are are very very basic that we have just decided as we've gotten older that I just can't do anymore. Well, like, uh, that's the worst thing I ever want to hear from somebody. Well, let me ask you this, Adam, because you've recently done this now, right? You said you weren't, as, as soon as, what, six months ago or a year ago, you were unable to yeah, sit. Yeah, it was less than a year ago. You were, you were unable to sit down in a squat, mm-hmm. and now you're able to do it comfortably. Yeah. What was the process? Like, I want I want people to leave, yeah. you know, I want people to listen and say, oh, have some tools, you know what I mean? Like, how can I get to that point? So, and what benefits now have you seen from being able to do that? Okay, so... Two of the most common areas I think that hinder people from getting down in there is is the hip and the ankles. Now, now there could be other things. Like I have a client right now that had knee surgery and has all kinds of scar, scar tissue built up, and you know the primary thing that's limiting her right now is her knee, right, mm-hmm. and, the, and the build up there. So that's mm-hmm. that's a whole other exception to the rule. But for the most part, most people that cannot get down in that position. Well, it starts with how you ground on the floor with your feet. Yeah. You know, so the, and, and that goes to the ankle mobility thing where I'm going with this is yeah. that, you know, hips and shoulders are the two areas that uh, I started I started addressing. And you can if you're really good, you can start working on both uh, at one, you know, both at a time or kind of what I did was I really addressed the hips first. 
and really started to see some good progression in that. And then as I got really deep into my squat and getting all the way down, then I realized how much I was limited by the ankles. Mm. And and a good part of this was uh, a lot of our, our boy, Dr. Brink, you know, he, he was the one that really opened my eyes and the limiting factor in my ankles. And what Justin's saying is getting down to grounding and getting myself barefoot. So, you know, and we've done some really good videos already on Mind Pump TV. So if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you know, I'm telling you to get go do that. That's why we put all this free content out there is so you guys can start piecing a lot of the things that we talk about on the show and uh, starting to look at those videos and put it together like, oh, okay, this is what the boys mean by mm-hmm. the, the hip mobility and mm-hmm. ankle mobility and how I apply this. So we've actually already done uh, videos on both hip and ankle mobility on, on our YouTube uh, channel. And that those exact movements that I, I shared with the audience was exactly what I was doing. But what I was doing... So, that- ste- so step one, were you just doing like these hip... Because the, the, we filmed them, obviously that's what you're talking about, the hip mobility stuff. Were you just... Was that the first uh, progression? Like you just started doing that? So, okay, what I started doing was it, it became the, the first 10 minutes of every workout. So I eliminated foam rolling and I started to do all mobility drills. I started to do all- And yours were focused heavily on, on hips? Hips first. Okay. Okay, so I was doing like my froggers, my pigeons, my you know uh, leg swings, my, um, what else was on the videos that I, I shared? Um Swings, oh, upside 90, down stripper pole. No, my my ninety <laughs> my ninety ninety stretch with all the progressions. So these were my basic uh, hip movements that I was doing every day before my workout, and I started with that. So that was the beginning. The beginning was like, okay, I'm just going to make sure that every time I go to the gym, that I begin it with opening these hips up and getting getting connected. So ten minutes of mobility. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes less, five, five okay. to ten. You know, as long but as just I, doing it frequently. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, I went. You got to remember, like, and, and we're we're huge advocates of this of understanding that you don't go from zero to a hundred miles an hour right away. You don't need to like, just like, anything. Oh my God, if you would have hurt yourself anyway. Yeah. It, well, I mean, just think about that though. Like people go from one extreme to the other. Like if you never did any mobility, you never did any stretching. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to become flexible. And then you start doing it hella intense for hour at a time, or you go take yoga for an hour. It's like, dude, you weren't doing anything before. Try adding five minutes a day of that, of that, those moves that are going to improve that. So, that's all I did was I said, okay, every time before I start working out, I'm going to include this. And I started doing that. And right away, I saw huge improvement. I saw huge improvement in my squat and my low back pain and things like that that I was very aware of whenever I would do like heavy squatting or deadlifting. And it already started to alleviate, alleviate some of that. And it, I felt so much more comfortable doing those moves. So right away, I was like, okay, wow, this is, I'm already starting to see some progression. Sure, I wasn't able to get all the way down to a full squat where my butt sat down. Sure, I wasn't seeing PRs going crazy, but I was feeling better and I was connecting that, right? So after I did that, I applied our frequency principle, which we we talk about, like our trigger sessions. So you got better at it, and then you did it more and more. Yeah, frequently? And, and basically, what I did were we, you know, we share trigger sessions with people, and that's probably one of the most revolutionary things about our programs is that concept. I took that same concept and I, I applied it with my mobility drills. So now, two to three times a day, I was spending five to eight minutes, maybe ten minutes tops, doing a couple of these movements. Mm-hmm. And what we always teach people is. You know, here I'm going to give you an array of movements 
that uh, are what generally help most people, but you're going to find like maybe one or two or three of those like really help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make those a priority. Make those ones a well, priority. It's like the blueprints in mass performance when we were trying to identify, you know, good quality mobility drills to include. It, it has to cover the the gamut of, uh, uh, you know, things in, in, like dysfunction and things that we see within people's movement patterns that, you know, we specifically want to address, but we want to make sure that you go through that. You're, you're this whole time you're paying attention to the, to the signals and, and, you know, what's difficult and why can't you move that way? And, uh, that's something that you really want to like bring into the routine consistently and make sure that you frequent that, uh, you know, in your program. Well, you, Adam was saying, you know, you were saying how, you know, you applied the frequency principle. And I think it's important for people to understand that what he did with his hips and his ankles over the last year had nothing to do with changing the bones uh, of his femur, of his pelvis, of his ankle. Um, mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with changing the joint. The muscles didn't even change, really. No, I didn't build a bunch more muscle no, or anything. What changed was he was able to create new patterning. He was able to teach his central nervous system to fire some muscles in certain ways, relax other muscles, allow his body to move the way it could. Because for those of you listening right now who can't sit in a squat, if I peeled all the muscle off your body and just had your skeleton, I bet you I could sit you in a squat. I could sit your skeleton skeleton in a squat, no problem. Absolutely. So what's preventing you for the vast majority of you, of course, barring those of you with major injury or or problem, but for the vast majority of you, is you just don't have this patterning. muscular. And, activity. Right, and the best way to get patterning is just practice, and that's why frequency is yeah. so effective. That's why intensity isn't like if you need if you're trying to teach your kid how to ride a bike, they're better off practicing <laughs> two or three times a day than putting them on the bike and fucking throwing them down the freeway. And, you know, go. You know, you got to pick. You know, they're not gonna learn. Shit. I was thinking of that track that's at like a forty five degree angle. You know how it goes up like a NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> it's just throwing them on that. My my learn. My stepdad did yeah. that to my sister, and to, to this day she still hates him. And I swear that's why. Because yeah. he we, we 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 all were learning to. Well, I had already I was older, so I had I already knew how to ride a bike. I wasn't great at it, and we all were. And my sister didn't have training wheels. It was her first mountain bike and we were heading down a hill and he like set her on this hill and she crashed really bad and she hurt herself and like forever she's scarred for that like she, oh, no. she's still she, she's 34 years old she still shares that story when that motherfucker put her on the hill <laughs> Jesus like, yeah she'll like talk about she'll talk about like how she doesn't like him that's totally unrelated to that and she'll be like bring that one up yeah and this motherfucker put me on a hill when i was six <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey you, you want to sit in a squat we're gonna put 300 pounds on your back it's gonna push you down to a squat. Yeah, Don't that, worry, you'll that'll be, make you. You'll be absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, you so, know. So you went from mobility drills before your workouts, then you increased the frequency of them mm-hmm. uh, to where you were doing, you know, two, three, three times a day. Yeah. Then were you at any point were you uh, maybe throughout the day try, getting yourself into a seated squat and just well, trying to sit there and hold the, it? Not there yet. Like okay, okay, so and that's where there's there's progressions and regressions to all of this stuff. So now, what what are the signals your body's telling you? That because I want the listeners to to really understand this because I don't want people to try to then get mobility and do it the wrong way. Yeah. What were the signals that you listened to that your body were telling you that you, that that helped you realize like I could progress and add a little more? Well, like, what was it? Well, and I'll be honest too. I you know even though I was listening to those signals, part of me uh, got excited and pushed beyond where I need to, and I even kind of re-injured myself a little mm-hmm. bit and had to progress back. Uh, so I know that this is a difficult part. So that's a great question. I mean, uh, sometimes we, 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 we get so excited about progression and, and getting better and challenging ourselves and pushing and pushing and pushing that, 
um, you know, as I started to see the results, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do further. I can do further. Oh, I can add some more weight now. Oh, you know, like, and I was doing that and ended up re, uh, re-injuring myself. Very minor, but enough to set me back to where I kind of had to peel back and check myself. So for me, I, I, I got away uh, what I started to do, which was wrong. So I'll start with that. Like what I, what I started to do is I started to notice I was the, the hip, the pain, the stuff like that was going away. I was able to get deeper into my squat. I felt better going into it. So right away, I wanted to start challenging it by stacking oh, weight on. So that yeah. was a mistake. So I'll tell you that. That's a mistake is just because all of a sudden you've got this newfound range of motion is to be so excited you start piling on weight and saying like, okay, let's see what I can do with this. Let me add to that real quick just to kind of cement it into people's minds. If your range of motion is 12 inches and you're able to squat 200 pounds within 12 inches, when I add two or three more inches to that mobility, I can't squat that same weight within the new range of motion. I have not trained that range of motion to be strong yet. And so uh, I think that's that's is that's where you made your mistake, right? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what I did was I was I was continuing to challenge uh, the, my stance and the weight that I was putting on it was too much too fast and yeah. I paid for it, which I'll be very honest that that's very common for uh, for me. Like that's uh, something I think I think all of us do, right? I think we're if we're truly honest with ourselves, especially trainers uh, because we know even though we know better, we continue to push those limits. Uh, and challenge ourselves like that. And, and I'm always reminded, and my body reminded me, like, you're an idiot. Like, don't do that. So uh, once I started to see the progression in my hips and I was getting deeper and deeper in the squat, then I started to do what you're saying now, which was I would start to, you know, sit as low as I possibly can. No weight on my back, just my body weight throughout the day. Did you have this- to start by holding on things? Yeah, like, okay. so holding on to, like, a, you know, a TRX uh, rope or a bar or something next to me. Um, or what I would happen is when I would come down, my heels would elevate up off the ground and I would be up on the balls of my feet. Now that's where I knew that now what was limiting me from getting that ankles. deep was now ankles. Yeah. Cause you used to wear the squat shoe. Yeah. I had uh, to. to, yeah, to get you in that depth. I had to. So funny too, because I, it's like, I, it made, it, it made me squat more weight. So there you go. I started using squat shoes well, yeah. and, uh, you're not addressing the root. Yeah. Not at all, man. It's, it's, it's amazing how, I don't care how experienced you are. You just fall for that same that same pattern, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, because we are. We're even as trainers yeah. and even knowing better and even though we preach well, this you want to lift a lot of weight. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's, well, and let's, let's ultimately, let's be honest with ourselves. men, I mean, my, my ultimate goal is to move uh, pain-free through full range of motion the most amount of weight I possibly can. So just because all of a sudden I see this great progression in movement, I now want to challenge the weight side of it right away, which is, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself by doing that. You know, I, I should have continue to work on that patterning and get become to where that's become second nature to me and becomes very comfortable and natural before I, and then slowly incrementally put the weight that let's stop right there because, uh, that is very, very, very good advice Mm -hmm. before you progress to the next phase of your getting better range of motion, getting better tension stability within these fundamental movements. You got to get real comfortable with what you're currently doing. Mm-hmm. When you get real comfortable with your new mobility drill or your new sit in a squat type thing, and it feels like, wow, this is really easy now, then you got to you just start incrementally adding. You load. just inch it. You just move inch, forward yeah. an inch and then let's get comfortable with that and then move forward. And within a short period of time, look, uh, within, within a year, you're talking about a guy, you know, we're talking about Adam who could not sit in a bottom position squat, could not, and within one year, I mean, he had poor mobility. It wasn't even 
it wasn't even okay. You would consider it poor. Oh yeah. Went from poor to now I would consider pretty damn good um, within one year. And uh, I mean, let me let me put let me ask this because I know this motivates so many people. I know a lot of listeners are are motivated by what does that mean aesthetically? What does that mean performance wise? What did you notice from that new hip mobility with your strength, with the way you looked, with the way you moved, with all those different things? Did well, you- I mean, it, my legs are in better condition, better <laughs> shape and size than they've ever been in my life right now. And, and I think that's just part of that is I'm ut- utilizing them completely, you know, where before I wasn't even tapping into all of them. Like it, it, when you're squatting down to 90 degrees and you're coming back up, like... I mean, your your glutes, your quads can take you much further than that, mm-hmm. you know. And so, it's like not it's like you're not using its full potential. To me, I think of it like uh, having a Ferrari or a race car. And yeah, I can get to zero to sixty really fast, but you know that shit will go all the way up to two hundred something miles an hour, and never really tapping into that yeah. part of it. Like, yeah, I get going fast. There but was another gear for that that it, you didn't even know was there. Yeah, right. There's a whole uh, there's a whole another side to it that uh, you never well, really experience. Along those lines too, like um, for me, that's why I'm so interested in other types of skills, and I really try to immerse myself with. Um, other like tools or objects or, or movement patterns or because I'm like, wait a minute, if I'm not using any of those types of movement patterns, you know, what am I not contributing? Uh, wh- what muscle isn't contributing in a lot of lifts? You know, like I, I like I'm starting to to figure out that like if I'm not adding this type of rotation, you know, in my shoulder, what that does uh, to a certain point, I'm going to hit a wall where I'm not supported. And I need all these muscles to to benefit each other. And so if I'm not out seeking these types of uh, unique movements and tools and things to uh, implement into uh, a very specific, not even a workout, but a very specific part of my either mobility or just a, a, a practice um, to to learn and and go through that process of of uh, incremental, uh, um, progress with with that type of a movement or new skill that I'm trying to acquire. It's such a it's such a a, a mental uh, you know issue for a lot of people. Like it can be very fun if you change the uh, your understanding of what you're doing with your exercise. Yeah. I, you know, I work with I have a couple people that I'm working I'm coaching right now, and one of them I've had to have her dramatically reduce the amount of weight that she presses overhead. Because she had shoulder dysfunction. I mean, and one of the other fundamental movements, right, is being able to reach straight up above your head, arm totally straight, shoulder packed, you know, arm next to your side, uh, excuse me, arm next to your head, you know, type of a press. And she was unable to do that with, you know, she's had pain in her shoulder. So we've had to like dramatically cut her weight, which has caused a lot of, uh, of stress for her and a lot of grief because now she's working out with a third of the weight she was working out before. So she feels like she's going backwards Mm -hmm. and it requires you to change your mentality with what you're doing. Because if it's all about the amount of weight you lift or how lean you look, um, it's going to be very difficult for you to address these things. And it makes it not fun. Mm -hmm. It's not fun to do mobility when all you're worried about is how much you can lift, you know, off the floor. If that's all you're focused on and you're focused on that one particular movement within a particular range of motion, I mean, if I, only, if I always overhead press and never lock my elbows out, or if I always do it seated and I never do it standing, of course I'm going to have to use a lot less weight. Yeah. Well, to somebody who all they care about is how much weight I'm lifting, 
well, fuck that. I'm not going to do it then. I know. I used to do that, man. I would not do an exercise because I'd be like, well, I can lift more mm-hmm. doing it this way. And my mentality was I'll build more muscle this way. And plus, it's, you know, it's better for my ego have to you lift ever, this much weight. Have you ever seen somebody in person that uh, was so insanely connected to their movement that it just impressed the shit out of you? Yeah, I, I've seen gymnasts tend to do that to me. Hmm. When I've, I've trained a couple gymnasts way in the past with weights, and um, I'd have to teach them, you know, uh, biomechanics of the exercises just because they didn't do some of them. Mm. But I was always so, like, amazed at their connectivity with their bodies. Um, and Olympic lifters, mm-hmm. uh, on certain movements, certain, you know, they're so connected and so they're so able to, like, call upon their power. Mm-hmm. That's always impressed their shit. I mean, it's like, wow, how do they generate that much Yeah, power? I met, well, and I've referenced Dr. Ed Thomas before, but I've seen him in person um, explain uh his way through these indian club movements and rotations and i just i couldn't believe for one him just his posture and you know that like he's worked on that for like decades just his posture alone and then that how that in itself provided the most fluid controlled strong movement i've ever seen in my life i've never seen anybody be able to to go through without any kind of dr eric thomas Ed Thomas. Ed Thomas. Yeah. How do I not know who that is? He's um, he's an older guy. He's an old old. Um, he's he's actually like responsible for a lot of the how physical education in America. Yeah. How dare you have not shared that with us? I don't know who. I don't even. Know I who have. That is. Yeah. Well, he. Um, <laughs> he's like, you don't listen. <laughs> I have. Yeah. This could be possible. I've mentioned it before, but um, yeah. No, he actually uh, he taught a lot of great cook. Um, what he knows, uh, as far as like with the Indian clubs and also just posture and movement in general. And like, you know, uh, great cooks like been really influential with creating the movement screening process, which, you know, in, in, in turn has actually been able to create certain benchmarks for movement capacity, which is great. Um, but yeah, like that, he's just, he's like, he's like the father of physical education, uh, Dr. Ed Thomas, he, he worked with the military, and he he did all their calisthenics, and he's just been world renowned for what he's done with that. Yeah, so. I think for the average listener who's not like this fanatic about movement and exercise, but just wants to just be in better shape overall, pick things that you can't do, pick movements that you find difficult, things that are kind of fundamental, like sitting in a squat or really reaching up overhead with your arms straight and shoulders packed without any pain, you know good rotation, being able to twist well, being able to reach down and pick things up and look up at the sky at the same time. Like all these movements that you see babies do and move or that you see, you know, really, uh, you know, healthy, you know, fit people be able to do. And and just test yourself out. And when you can't do these things, if you can't sit in a squat, just start practicing little things that help you do. Like even walking on a curb well, or, or, wa- or, or balancing. Stop you right there because th- that's where I think it gets challenging for people. And this is also what, this is why we provided the forum was that that's where things get a little hard or challenging for the average mind. I'm here. I am a, you know, software engineer and that's where all my education is. And I, I don't want to think about, you know, why can't I do this squat and exactly what steps I need to take. That's a lot of thinking for somebody who thinks in a whole different, uh, mentality, sure. 99% of their day. Of right. So, you know, we understand that we understand that that can be uh, a, a lot. So, you know, part of the forum, and it's loaded full of all kinds of doctors and physical therapists and chiros. And I mean, Dr. Brink, who we speak so highly about, and, and we're working on a program with him, is he's 
he's on there and helps people out. So if you you know you everyone can at least assess if you have a problem. Like if you can't put your hands over your head, you can't squat down below nine degrees. You know you have a problem, but you don't quite know how to start or where where do you go from there. I mean that's why we have that community. We have a community full of people that are there either one have experienced it themselves or two, they, they uh, have a doctor there or a physical therapist there that they can reach out to and say, Hey, these are my issues. This is what I feel. This is what I notice. Um, and then get feedback from them saying like, Oh, you could be dealing with this. You could be dealing with that. Here are some moves or some things for you to practice. And that's why too, we create the the YouTube channel with all the videos is we hope that we'll have this glossary of all these different moves and mobility drills and exercises that we keep putting out there because eventually I want it to be able to be that easy for you where you could ask and and one day I hope it'll be automated to where it'll be that easy where you're on the form you're somewhere and you put in something like that and it just gives you all these common dysfunctions and then ways to correct it and then all these videos that could be attached to it that will help you so you know I can't stress that enough if you're somebody who um this resonates with and you're like, man, I, and I, I got to, I got to address this. I got to work on it, but I don't know where to start. Um, I feel like the guys gave lots of information. I know they have this channel, but I still don't know. I mean, this is where the form really comes in. And this is where, uh, I'm so proud of that community that, you know, that we built and, and I continue to give kudos to Sal because I know that he really put his heart and soul into that and still does. And you can find us on there. I mean, we're on there on a regular basis and, and that's, this is, this is the stuff I feel like, I mean, a lot of things are communicated on there, but these are the things that I feel like, wow, this is where we're changing well, lives. It, it this is, is a, where we're really helping people because I, that's yeah. tough. Dude, and it's I, tough. I think for the somebody. big takeaway is it's it's a journey. That's that's really what I want to get get across. If you're finding that you can't do some of these fundamental movements, it's a journey, and like any journey, it starts with one step and just practice a small part of it, um, and very very slowly get yourself better at doing some of these things. And if you do get stuck and you don't have the right tools or you don't have the answer to how you can get past that there are some fantastic resources and we hope you you end up uh you know picking mind pump uh, we, we you know we can vouch for some of the information we, we put out and some of the information that our forum puts out so if you like mind pump leave us a five star rating and review on itunes if we like your review and we pick it you will win a free mind pump t-shirt you can also find us on instagram at mind pump radio you can find me at mind pump style adam at mind pump adam and Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.